Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast. All things Cleveland sports with your host, John Suchan. And good evening and welcome to another episode of the Johnny Cleveland Podcast. Yes, it is a Friday evening. How, what better way to spend your evening with a, the Johnny Cleveland Podcast? Hope everybody's doing well out there in all over the world. Northeastern Ohio, Cleveland, Columbus, that's where I'm at. We had a snow day today and uh, kids are enjoying the day off. Adults are enjoying the day off. Um, if you're up there in Cleveland, the snow belt, you know, I see you're getting quite a bit of snow, uh, earlier today, this evening. So, uh, stay off the roads if you have to here in Columbus, it's not too bad. We had, oh, I'd say two or three inches of snow and, uh, boy, back in the day, you know, we didn't get, we didn't get school off for two or three inches. I grew up in, up there in Worcester and, uh, it would take and take a lot more snow than just that to, uh, have us cancel school, but they canceled it. Um, up at the crack of dawn at five, waiting for that phone call and, uh, got the phone call a little bit after five. So then took a little bit of time to get back to sleep, uh, got to sleep a little bit longer tonight, today. So, um, all's well here. We're, uh, looking forward to, uh, we got, I, many of you know, I'm a basketball coach too, by, by day. And, uh, so we got games tomorrow on Saturday and, uh, looking forward to that over there with, uh, Licking Heights. So, um, so the Browns, yeah, it is a recovery week indeed, is it not? Um, 
none of us were expecting. Most of us were not planning on this Friday to be talking about what was the Brown season. We all anticipated that the Browns were going to beat the Houston Texans. Why wouldn't we think that three weeks after we had clobbered them down in Houston, uh, we get to play them again and we looked horrible. It was like night and day and a very embarrassing way to go out. Now, a lot of people that want to come to the defense of the Cleveland Browns will start pointing to, Oh, well, there was a bazillion injuries and, Nick Chubb was out and, you know, we've talked all about that and I get that. I totally understand that, but the Browns really blew it. And I think as you as a Browns fan, you sit back and you go, man, they really did. If you really wanted to be honest, I mean, they were in the driver's seat. They had all the momentum in the world going into this game. For God's sakes, they had Flacomania. And they just blew it. The... The, the defense up and down. And I've talked about this. I've written about it for Northeast sports insiders. We've talked about it um, on fans first part of the, you know, we're the fanatical L's network is part of that group. And um, you know, this Brown's defense, you know, number one, right. I guess, but they were averaging. Well, I mean, their offense was averaging 30 some points a game giving up what, or no, their defense. I'm sorry. They were giving up what 30 some points on the road uh, at home, only giving up 13 points, something crazy like that. That's just nuts. And we've talked about it because it's just the big moments. Like go back to the, even the, like early on in the season, the Colts game, the Steeler game, you know, the Browns are lucky that they won that Colts game. They, they were lucky that they beat the 49ers. Yes. The 49ers kicker, he missed, Missed the kick that would have uh, won it. Uh, and because it's because the Browns' defense let them go all the way down the field. In between the first drive of that 49er game and the last drive of the 49er game, yes, the Browns' defense played good. They played great. But then when the when the chips when the when the moment is big, these guys on the Browns defense collapse. They're 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 choke artists. And you've got all these players on this team from Miles Garrett to this guy named Greg Newsom. <laughs> I can't stand Greg Newsom. And if you, you, I mean, come on guys, Greg Newsom is all talk. He, that's all he does. And he, and the comments after the game about how he thought he played well, my God, the, the arrogance of some of these Browns players um, you know, look, Miles Garrett's what seventh year into the in, into his career, going to be year number eight now. I mean, folks, I know he gets double and triple teamed. I get all that, I and mean, we've talked about it endlessly on all sorts of programming. But in the big moments, what has he done? You know, oh well, he was you know doing all these things. He was pressured. No, in big moments, and we've heard other people this week talk about it, and it's true. What has Miles Garrett done? You know, I think he ended up with what 14 sacks, but he didn't have he had one in the last six or seven weeks of the season. I mean, he was fantastic. And honestly, if it weren't for Miles Garrett, we wouldn't have won the Colts game. Probably one of the best games of his probably the best game of his career, the highlight reel of his career. Multiple sacks, strip sacks, jumping over players to block kicks. 
He was tremendous, just tremendous. But these guys, they they're they're such individuals. And and though they talked all season about how, well, this team was different. This team was really grouped together. They got together in West Virginia and they're really a team. They're really a family. Well, then why the hell did they go out there and lose 45 to 14? I understand that football's, you know, there's high stakes there. You get one game, you get it's not like you know, um, in basketball series or baseball series where, you know, maybe it's a best of five or a best of seven. You got one game and things can go wrong. Wrong. I get that. And by the way, Joe Flacco, Flacco mania. I mean, let's put some criticism on him. Some people want to say, oh, we can't criticize him. Bull crap. He threw two pick sixes, two, not one, but two on two consecutive possessions. He, that he had a huge part in why the Browns lost, but collectively as a team, they blew it. It didn't help when he did those things, but the Browns defense couldn't do jack squat that entire game. From the beginning of the moment of, of the, that game, they got the lead. Then they were trading uh, the lead. The Browns had the lead twice early on in that game. Could the Browns defense have stepped in and stepped up? JOK was the only guy. The only guy, by the way, congratulations. He was an alternate, an alternate for the Pro Bowl, but he was selected today as as did Wyatt Teller. So congratulations to those two to being added to the Pro Bowl. But JOK was the only player that game who really stood out, right? Where the hell was everybody else? And what was Jim Schwartz doing? Backing out like zone defenses? What what the hell was going on there? Martin Emerson, the play that they scored the 76-yard screen pass on for Houston, go back and watch a re replay like I did like 20 times. My God, what the hell was wrong with Martin Emerson on that play? Did he forget how to play football? I mean, was it a lapse in just everything that he's learned since he was a kid playing football? Go back and watch that play. The, the, the kid from Houston gets the screen pass. And Martin Emerson is right there trailing this other player and rolls right by the guy who's running with the football. What the hell was wrong with Martin Emerson there? And don't let, let's not even get started on Greg Newsom. I already told you his comments and he's an idiot. He, <laughs> if the Browns got rid of him tomorrow, I would not be, I would not be sad. He's all talk. And I, I had hope that he would come in out of Northwestern smart kid. I thought, um, but boy, you talk about an arrogant kid who has doesn't understand how to be humble. He needs to take some lessons. So the Browns defense played like crap and it was a huge part in why that team, why that Browns game went that way. Just an embarrassment. And we want to talk about CJ Stroud for the former Ohio State Buckeye. Look, the kid hit, hit some great passes. Do I think he's the next face of the NFL? I don't know. But it's certainly not like, you know, <laughs> it's a lot of it had to do with the, the mix ups in the Browns defense, the miscommunications with the Browns defense and a bazillion other other reasons. It's just a really sad way for this whole season to come to a crashing halt. Uh, you know, you go back and listen to some of the old podcasts that we did here on the Fanatical Elves Network. And it's just. It's shocking. You know, you listen to all the comments we had and the and the momentum going into that game. Look, 
if the game was close, ended up, you know, but it was a blowout. The game was decided midway through the third quarter. Yes, granted, um, Flacco had a lot to do with that with the two back-to-back pick sixes. It completely, you know, just ended any kind of hope. But in that first half and everything, by the way, at the end of the first half, what was Kevin Stefanski doing there? They're practically at midfield on a third down. They had just gotten sacked. They had 45 seconds, 35 seconds left to go, and they let the clock bleed down. And they didn't run another play. And you're only down, I think at that point, it was 24 to 14 at at the intermission. They were right there at midfield. They get another 20 yards. They can try to kick for a field goal. Nope. Kevin took a knee. What the hell was going on right there? And then, well, before we get into all the other stuff, let's pause here for a break. This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast, part of Fans First Sports Network and the Fanatical Elves Network. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. How do you like those commercials? Hey, we want to thank you guys for following us here on Apple, on Spotify. I know the season has ended and that sucks, but the Browns are going to, we're going to get back up. Um, Steve Gill, our guy at Dog Pound South, he talks about reloading, reloading. The Browns are going to reload, and then we're going to go back at it. You know, I wrote an article for uh, Northeast Sports Insiders. Natalie Mark is in charge of that group. Um, And a nice um, article, you know, article talking about how we Browns fans um, are always with the phrase, well, there's always next year. There's always next year. I heard it right after 
the Browns lost uh, while we were watching the game with other uh, uh, friends. That was uh, announced as the Browns battle cry. And we know that battle cry every year. Well, there's always next year. I think it's just stunning and none of us expected it. So then the Browns stunned us all this week and Kevin steady Eddie Stefanski decided to fire his entire offensive front, including Alex Van Pelt and stump Mitchell, the guy with the older man with the long beard. And, uh, you know, we're all, you know, where the hell did that come from? I mean, we knew like Steve uh, Gill pointed out that Alex Van Pelt did have an offer. Was it a year ago, maybe two years ago to go over to the university of Pittsburgh to be um, either their head coach or somebody up there in their coaching staff, but turned it down. So I guess things weren't all um, roses uh, with the coaching staff and how can it be? And who's all running the stuff behind the scenes? You know, is Andrew Barry behind it all or is the, are the owners we talked about this last night on the financial elves show, how much are D and, and Jimmy Haslam influencing a lot of these decisions and how much is Deshaun Watson playing into all of this? I mean, let's go. I mean, we've spent 230,000 bazillion dollars on this guy who hasn't done Jack squat yet. I know a lot of you Deshaun Watson fans are like, Oh, we got to give him time. You know, bull crap. You saw a guy who's 38 years old in the name of Joe Flacco, go out there, uh, shake off rust and go fling the ball over the all over the field for 300 yards in like five straight games. Deshaun Watson is not the guy that you all want him to be. You're praying that he's going to show up one of these days, and he's not. Now, look, he was four and one or five and one on the season, great, but he's a mental basket case upstairs. And you know how is that going to change going into the next year? Are you all guaranteeing me that he's going to be a changed guy and he's just going to be brilliant? Bull crap. That's never going to happen. So Browns fans, the other side of the Browns fans who are who loathe Deshaun Watson, they don't even turn on the TV anymore. They don't even watch the games. They're so despised by the fact that this organization signed this guy that they won't even watch games. They've sent away their season tickets. They don't want them anymore. So you got the, this team that's divided because of this this decision that this group made from two years ago or a year and a half ago. And to add um, misery to all this, you uh, look and see what's going down in Tampa Bay. Look who's quarterbacking them. Look who got a playoff win against the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, that's right. A one Baker Mayfield. And I know he doesn't play for the Browns anymore. And I, and I know, no, I don't want him to be the Browns quarterback. You know, if only we had Baker Mayfield quarterbacking. No, I'm not saying that. But this Browns organization is really messy um, at the top. And how that all was handled at the end of Baker Mayfield's time here. Obviously, Baker Mayfield had a lot to do with that. He was being a jerk uh, and wanted out. But, you know, you wonder how much was going on behind the scenes, how much was being talked about even at that last season that he was here. It's just been a kind of a mess. Now I will say this, you know, you hear Joe Flacco today. He was on uh, one of these podcasts. I think one of the guys, um, let me go back and see what I had. Uh, one of these, you know, groups that bar stool, he did an interview with them. Joe Flacco did. And he talked about, let's see here. Um, he let's go back and look here. Um, he had, 
this interview. And basically the interview said in, in, in the interview, he mentioned that, you know, he loved what he saw from the Browns organization and he would love to come back, which, you know, it's like, okay, well, um, he said, I love Cleveland. I love the building, the people, everything about it. I think it would be a very special place to be. If I have the opportunity to go back there, I'd, I'd really look, look to do that. And so that really could be, you know, we'll see. There's been a lot of discussions, uh, but then it's, it's funny. Then you get somebody who says, well, who would you rather have Joe Flacco or, or Jacoby Brissett? That was some comment on some social media post. I mean, come on. Can you not see the difference? <laughs> You know, come. I know some of you are, are real Jacoby Brissett fans, um, but there's a difference between Jacoby Brissett and Joe Flacco, former Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I know he's 39 years old now, but uh, I wouldn't mind having him back in the building. Um, like I just talked about with Deshaun, uh, he's messed up upstairs. And all of you who are just waiting for him to come back and lead this Browns team to a great 2024 season are in for another um, disappointment. And I'm not saying that he's not going to have some good moments. And I'm not going to say that the Browns aren't going to win like they were doing this year, but come on, man. Uh, (laughs) There's, we've seen enough. You should have seen enough already to see that Deshaun Watson is not, it's not a factor in this whole thing with the Browns team that is steady. Now we talk about steady Eddie, the Kevin Stefanski. He is one steady guy. He's still here. So, you know, he's going to be signing this new contract, this new extension. So you really got to wonder, I mean, the pressure is going to continue to build on A1 Deshaun Watson. It already has been building, and we saw how that all has played out this year. And, you know, he obviously had a, a shoulder injury, and he's out, and, you know, everyone's going to be glued to their seats and ready to see how everything, you know, pans out over this next uh, spring and going into the next season. I'm not one of those people though, that is, I mean, I'm not a hundred thousand t- times per, uh, over the top impressed with or the expectations. I don't see that with him. So I'm going to hold out again and we'll see where things are. Obviously this season played out okay for the Browns. They found a Joe Flacco that got them on a four or five game win streak and nobody saw that coming. So we'll see what happens next year. And I'd love to be wrong. I'd love for the Browns to get to a Super Bowl. It's 58, uh, Super Bowl 58 this year. We're not going this year. Hopefully we can get there in Super Bowl 59. To consider that this team and a team like the Detroit Lions has never been to a Super Bowl. You know, you look at the Detroit Lions. Here they are. They're going to be going for a playoff win uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that one. Baker Mayfield should be an exciting game this week. So hopefully you tune in, see what happens with that. I I have a feeling that the lions are really on a win streak. That game's at home again. And uh, that would be really interesting to see if they can get to that super bowl. I know some of my colleagues don't necessarily want to see the lions get to the super bowl, but I wouldn't mind seeing it. There's some other folks there up there. uh, John Dorsey, uh, Chris Spielman is part of the Detroit lions, former Buckeye former Cleveland Brown, um, who is from here, the Columbus area, that's part of that Detroit Lions organization. So that would be fun to see as well. Um, Also just wanted to point out, if you haven't heard today, Sports Illustrated um, is no longer pretty much. They have been fired, their entire staff. I didn't realize that in 2018 they were sold by Time uh, Incorporated to some 
other group and that other group then sold them again to some other group called AGB or something and that they delve into like casinos and resorts and stuff. Well, they missed a, somebody missed a payment of $5 billion or 5 million something dollars. And so they, they fired most of the sports illustrated staff then today. And there's a lot of chatter out there on social media land that there will be no more sports illustrated, which was started, I believe I read this evening, 1958 sports illustrated started, um, have been iconic. All the, uh, baseball, football preview issues, the uh, swimsuit issue that we all would um, look at when it would come out in Februarys of, of every year. So that is no longer. The Sports Illustrated group is going under and um, kind of a sad day in the sports world when you consider that. Uh, part of that, too, um, article, which I found interesting as part of the Johnny Cleveland podcast here, there were certain, you know, writers that wrote for Sports Illustrated. Uh, there was a guy named Frank DeFord, and I don't know if you recognize that name. I think he died a couple of years ago, but I had the fortune when I was a kid um, traveling. I went to the Olympics in Calgary, Canada, back in the 88 Olympics, the Winter Games in 1988. And on that trip, we had I had a flight out of Chicago that got, this is true story, the flight was struck by lightning. I'm still alive, too, so that's... So that's good. Um, it was struck by lightning. The plane was an old DC-10. This is like 1988. We circled back to Chicago O'Hare Airport, landed, and then they put us on a new flight that was supposed to take us to Canada, but it could only take us as far as Spokane, Washington, where they um, had us stay in a hotel that night. And lo and behold, Frank DeFord, a sports writer for Sports Illustrated, was on that flight and got to meet him in person. I was a young high schooler back then. And I didn't know who Frank DeFord was, but do a Google search of Frank DeFord. Um, great, great sports writer and uh, got to meet him. And that was kind of a cool moment anyway. Um, so sad to see sports illustrated fade. Um, you know, as far as the Browns fading, boy, they faded fast, right? We all got so excited going into this playoff and we bought our Flacco t-shirts and our playoff t-shirts and we're done. What are you going to, are you never going to wear that apparel? <laughs> you know, next year, the year after that, will you wear your Flacco shirt? Where you, will you wear your 2023 playoff t-shirt? I mean, the, the stay was so brief. It's almost embarrassing, right? Should we really wear our 2023 playoff t-shirts? I mean, I got one, which I'm thinking, well, I should wear it, but it really didn't do much. It was just like one game and we got slaughtered by the Houston Texans. They just, took care of us and it was terrible. So I don't know. Somebody was, I know Rod Bloom who does the Browns blitz and he had a great show uh, invited. I forget his guest name. Uh, I want to say it's fleas fleazy. Um, Anyway, they had a good show earlier. And if you get a chance, listen to them on our fanatical L's network, but he talked about, you know, how will the Browns season be looked at historically? You know, will we look back at this season? Um, like we did the 2020 season. I think the 2020 season has more significance, obviously, because we beat the Steelers and then we went to Kansas city for a chance to go to the AFC championship and ship game and lost the Rashid um, Higgins uh, Rashid uh, who fumbled the ball through the end, end zone 
for a touchback on the illegal hit that the Kansas City Chiefs player made. So I think there was some more, more significance in that season. This year will be looked at a season that was lost, an opportunity that was lost. Um, the team was 11 and six. They could have been 12 wins, potentially got to 11. And then they just blew it. They completely laid an egg. They choked. And it was a terrible performance and let the entire community down of Cleveland. And they should be ashamed of that. And I hope that this Browns organization, those players that come back next year, hopefully not Greg Newsom, but that's not going to happen. Um, get it together and figure out that they're doing this for them, for them as a team, but also for their community that they uh, play for, for the name on their shirts. Um, it, it was, uh, it, you know, all this chatter about how they were such a great group and so solidified. Uh, you would have thought that that, that, or that, that game would have turned out differently and it did not, not saying that they weren't a tight group, but obviously some things were not connected because there was still confusion throughout the, the, the team, especially defensively. And that shouldn't be happening in a playoff game. And that's why they should be most embarrassed. Now we have to move on and we'll reboot and we'll reload. Like Steve Gill says, look forward to that for next year. We'll, we'll be right back at it. Hoping that the Browns can get that elusive Super Bowl. Folks, I hope you have a really good evening, Friday night here. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, we will be coming to you more uh, over the weekend with some more shows next week. We will have our dog pound South show the Oracle speak show with Elliot. What the elf was that with uh, uh, our left guard, Joel Cade, we got the Browns breakdowns with um, Sam, the Browns blitz with uh, Rod Bloom. So, Tune into all of our shows here on the Fanatical Elves Network. Thanks again for supporting us and have a good night. And remember, that's right, to keep smiling. This is the Johnny Cleveland Podcast. All things Cleveland sports with your host, John Suchan.